0: Dreaming about a premiership, cup. we love our clubs, but they never win
1: two flags in one hundred years. How stiff
0: you think we'll be inside sight, clever or just will be searched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car.
1: It is. Wednesday, August the 4th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent
0: podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And, Will, I've been dying to talk about the biggest news story, biggest football story, if not the biggest news story uh, of the year, of course. Uh, Chris Maine retiring. Uh, the greatest Western Australian haircut to have ever taken the field has, has called time on his illustrious career. Um, what are your memories of Chris Main? Um, the Maine. I mean, this
1: is—he is the main man. His name is Main, and he literally had a mane of hair, much like a glorious surfer lion uh, across our football fields. I don't know, like, I mean, good player, right? Like, yeah. There was a there was a time a few years ago where it looked like it was all over, and he made quite a remarkable comeback from. Because wasn't the there a time Flag. when his dad wasn't like? Didn't like? Didn't he have a falling out with Buckley or something at some stage? And like. Chris Mayne's dad had to weigh into it. Do you remember that? Like, I was like, this is not going well for Chris Mayne. Like, when your dad's like, hey,
0: coach, can you stop picking on my kid? Yeah, I mean, that is a fairly, it's not an uncommon um, event, is it, for a dad? Like, we call it the cloak. When a dad weighs in on their son's footy career, I think, yeah. Uh, Even, um, uh, who was the? uh, Scotty West. Scotty West, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Decided to weigh in. And it always works out well. I'm sure it always works in the, in the player's favour when their dad gets involved, decides to bot the coach in public. Well, you would hope that Chris Maine
1: has like inspired Riley West to have a similar sort of you know comeback in his career. Maybe you do need the dad to get involved. Maybe it's like junior sport. And if, it, sometimes you just need a concerned dad to come up to the coach and say, Hey, my son's trying his best. <laughs> picking on him? He's crying all the way home from training in the car. Like, poor Chris, we can't get him off the phone. Says he doesn't even want to play
0: footy anymore. He says footy's dumb. And that's because of you, man. Well, here's the thing I would say about Chris Maine is um, I thought he was a natural blonde. Like, I honestly thought he was the epitome of Western Australian hair. Like, in in, in my mind, the timeline goes, like, Sean McManus, Chris Maine. Um, you know, now who would be the, the, the latest exponent um, on Monday, like David Mundy, he, although I know he's a bit older, but David Mundy is ca- flying the flag for uh, current Fremantle hair. Um, but having looked at a bunch of photos since he's been, I mean, I hadn't seen him on the field in the last two or three years because he's a brunette. That blonde uh, two-minute noodle hair that I thought was in, indicative of, of Western Australian hair is not actually real. He was faking it the whole time. Well, it's like Meg Ryan in Harry Met Sally. He was faking it. I mean, I think. Firstly, there would have been a lot of footballers
1: of the era that Chris Mayne was playing in Western Australia who went into the hairdresser and said, "I'll have what he's having." So I think you're right. Like that was a quintessential like Western Australian haircut. But you come to Melbourne, you start playing for Collingwood. Yes, I think this is his like Melbourne version of that Western Australian hair. He's like, I'm not going to get a Melbourne haircut. But my concession to be living in Melbourne is that I'm not going to proxide it anymore.
0: Well, it's it's good. Look, we're talking haircuts. We haven't done this in a while. Another haircut I've noticed, uh, watching Max King last week, who's Mm -hmm. in a great run of form. But Max King is starting to get a Richmond haircut. Like, Max King, we know, he's kind of clean cut when he started. Sort of a bit shaggy, but pretty much clean cut. But now when you see him, it's shaggy hair. He's got a bit of a wispy mow. Like, he looks like he should be playing for the Tigers like 2007, circa 2007.
1: I mean, is this a good sign? I don't know. Like, I mean, the King boys, to me, they feel like two boys that at some stage are going to develop their own unique personalities. They're still a bit cookie cutter, right? Like, you can start to see it. They're forming their own identities. But because they play similar sort of games, they play similar sort of positions, like, they obviously, you know, look the same. You still haven't, like, got their real distinct identities. But it does feel like, and I don't know who's leading it, but it feels like me to Max is making more of a bold statement about what his look is going to be
0: than Ben is Well, they, they should be playing into their teams, right? Yeah. Like oh, Ben yeah. should be getting like, Ben should get tatted up, should get jacked, like get on the HGH, get heaps of tats, a couple of neck tats, maybe shave his head, look like he's a, a common chero. And then I think Max, because he plays for the Saints, St. Kilda should look like he's playing, you know, he plays gigs at the Espy on a weekend. Who was that uh, guy who always, like, threw parties with porn stars and stuff who lived up on
1: the Gold Coast? You know, he was, like, quite famous for a while. He was, like, one of those Instagram famous guys Oh, Travis, like guys.
0: Um, ch- uh, the Candyman. The Candyman. The, the candy yeah, Travis right? Benyon, who was so an
1: ex-footballer. He, he played I, for North well, Melbourne. Well, mate, I believe the Candyman <laughs> has retired the title of the Candyman, which means that there is a big
0: Candyman-shaped hole on the Gold Coast that could be filled by Ben King. That would be amazing. I mean, you would have no trouble getting players to the Gold Coast. It will become a destination club if after a game on the weekend it's back to the Candy Mansion. For some porn star parties.
1: <laughs> I mean, they should set it up as like a young player's like house, a share house. They should buy Tony Cochrane should buy the Candy Mansion and he should use it
0: as an enticement for young players to come to the Gold Coast. I think that's where all the salary cap should go. I mean, Tony Cochran's been complaining that they're not as wealthy as another club. It's just about where you invest it. I agree. The Gold Coast should take stakes in the Candy Mansion. And yeah, like turn it into, and then and then you can sell like the rights to a reality show on that, like in the Candy Mansion. Oh, yes. So you see the players like partying and training on a day-to-day basis. So yeah, maybe you know you're not getting people watching your games on TV, but they're definitely watching the reality show. And they want to see, like if they've got the storyline set up, I mean, if you were watching, you know, Real Housewives,
1: but on the weekend they all played netball against each other, you'd tune in for the netball.
0: I would, what I liked about Travis Benyon is, um, so he was going for, who's the other, who's the American? Dan Bilzerian. He was, he was yeah. going for, to be Australia's Dan Bilzerian. So, it was always photos of him in, like, Armani suits, like, stepping out of his Ferrari, checking his, you know, his his Tag Heuer watch or whatever it was. But he'd always write some kind of, like, inspirational quote about, like, being the man. And I remember one was, like, you know... I've had dickheads try to destroy me. I've had wankers try to wipe me out. I've had, you know, whatever the alliteration was. So I reckon Ben King changes his Instagram where it's just him, but it's always like there's slogans about, you know, how you've got to be the master of the universe, the king of the jungle. You've got to be the alpha top dog. Well, he, yeah, he just buys into the king mythology. So he makes yeah. oh, himself king of the perfect. Gold Coast, right? He's king already of the king. the Gold king. Coast.
1: So he starts wearing a crown, like, imagine... <laughs> Like a hip hop star, so, so he gets they get some permission from the AFL to wear like a like a padded oh, wow. crown, so not like a metal crown. Like they make a helmet
0: into the yeah. shape of the crown that he wears. This
1: cold crown yeah, helmet because it's got to pass
0: mustard on the ground. Like you can't be like wearing a metal uh, headpiece. It's got to be like padded to protect your, you. Know, other players, of course.
1: Yeah. So off the ground. He has, like, a regular crown that he just wears around all yep. the time. But on game yep. day, he switches into his padded crown, which he wears on the ground.
0: Well, we always talk that they need to bring more WWE into the footy. And I reckon, you know, King of the Ring, this is perfect. We just we just make it. There's a throne at Metricon. And before the game, like, Ben's just sitting up there shirtless, of course. He's got the kind of royal robes on, but shirtless underneath, and just the crown. And then rather than, like, whatever the the, the Sun's theme song is... It's just like you know, pomp and circumstance.
1: Well, you could do that with uh, "We Are the Sons of the Gold Coast," whatever that. that, We are the sons of the Gold Coast. Coast. That's yeah, yeah. yeah, You could turn that into a. You could absolutely turn that into some sort of ceremonial march. Like I'm going to say, go a step further. Ben King is carried into the ground. Like on a giant throne, like that is actually yeah. how he goes out. Like you know, the same guys who like operate the stretcher, they just get him to carry Ben King in <laughs> every week on his throne to the
0: game. While we're talking about the Suns, I was just sort of um going uh, on uh, going going on the internet to see if I could find any railing coverage, mm. and I came across this photo. Uh, there's an article about um, Michael Voss potentially going back to Queensland to be an assistant to Stewie mm. Jew next year, which I actually think. It's not a bad idea because the Suns have like a, a, an awesome redhead that they're just waiting to unleash on the world. and A, a hard as nails inside mid. Why not get the best redhead, hard as nail inside mid from Queensland back to the Suns? Could you see Vossi there? I mean, is it, and it also puts pressure on Stewie, right? Like if you bring in Vossi and who's done his apprenticeship now at the port for ages... What you're essentially saying to Stewie Jew you is you've got one year left in your contract. If not, we've got this guy in the wings.
1: Yeah, but you'd bring him in first year, not as an assistant coach, just as a pure Matt Row coach. Because Matt okay. Rowell could be the next Michael Voss. But yeah. what Matt Rowe needs is like, you know, Vossie to kind of mentor him in, not only what to do on the football field, but just as a redhead how to conduct yourself. <laughs> like, you know, what sort of SPF... You need to wear SPF you to 500. Use. You know, if you're going to get, like, you know, put your sunscreen on, how it won't make your hands slippery for the ball. Like, you know, what are your peak playing conditions? Like, what are you are doing outside hours to protect your skin?
0: And I think this is, like, it goes back to what the twerp was talking about last week. Like, Matt Rowell doesn't have enough weapons in his game. I yeah. think Matt Rowell has weapons. I think he has a lot of the same weapons as uh, Michael Voss. But the one thing Michael Voss had That you don't see much from Matt Rowell is Michael Voss was lippy, like bring in Michael Voss as a full time sledge coach. I reckon he would have some fucking absolute rippers to pass on to Rowley. Right. Well, firstly, when you're playing on your brother, you've got to say I fucked your mum last night. (laughs) So Rowley's Rowley's brother doesn't play footy yet, does he? (laughs) It's the worst advice ever. He just goes up to Joel Selwood and says that gets punched right in the face. Oh shit! That's right. It's really, oh, it only works really it's your brother.
1: confusing advice that Bossy gave me, but he said it works every time.
0: <laughs> now the reason I bring up Stuart Jew, so that that whole story was just so I could um, show you this photo. Uh, could they <laughs> have picked a worse photo of Stuart Jew to put in this article? This was taken last month. <laughs> look, at that. look, it's going to be on our Instagram page, so hopefully people have seen it by the time they're listening to this. But if they haven't. What's going on? I mean, it honestly, and I mean
1: this in the nicest possible way because, like, firstly, Reese Shaw is in the background and Reese looks like a professional athlete or a coach. And then Stewie Jew is wearing, which I think is a big freeze beanie, so he's obviously trying to support Neil Danaher and, like, a really amazing cause. But he also has, like, a whistle around his neck that just makes it look like he's wearing some sort of, like, it's a plastic whistle, it honestly feels like he is a
0: fan who is dying, who who's won some competition to go and coach the Suns for a day. He looks like a homeless guy who has dressed himself from the Goodwill bin. Nothing, because, you know, because people throw out old sports jerseys and beanies and stuff. And the speed dealer sunglasses, which we saw last week on Matt Rowe when he was promoting whatever his ASICs running gear. It is... The worst photo. I'm like, that's your senior coach. Just take a look at that. I mean, part of me is like, well, he does look kind of Gold Coast. I could imagine you buying a bag of speed off this dude. You know what I love about Stewie Julius? Like, he's
1: an incredibly nice man. Very funny. Like, very affable. Clearly.
0: Self-deprecating.
1: You know, married to, like, a beautiful woman. Like, you know, like, and just... If you saw that photo, you'd be like, (laughs) don't let that person go out in public dress like that. (laughs) Like, you'd be a public defender and that's the guy who's rocked up to court to get off his 19-speed dealer charges and you're like, mate, this is not helping. You've got to go home and get a suit on.
0: If it was your first day working as a security guard at Metricon and they said to you, just, you know, just keep out any vagrants and you saw this dude walk onto the field, you'd try and escort him off, right?
1: I mean, it honestly, like it's like he's intentionally trying to look as out of place as possible. <laughs> like all like- the things that he is wearing are official, like football things. He's got like a football baby, he's got a whistle around his neck, he's wearing a football top, and yet the combination of the three of them makes it look like he does not belong
0: anywhere near a football game. He looks like home and away's idea of what a drug dealer looks like. <laughs>
1: Yeah. He's like a guy who's had to, at the last minute, go to like a dress-up party and has only been able to dress with stuff that he already had around the house. And he's
0: like, oh, yeah, I'm a speed dealer. I just picked some shit up off the floor. I've come as a speed dealer. Uh, well, while we're talking about the this, son, let's get into our Rowling coverage. Not a lot to talk about this week, but there's a new post on Matt Row's Instagram. And it's a photo of Matt Rowell holding a a, a brand new Sharon that's um, inscribed with the word Rowley. And the caption underneath it reads, One for the mantelpiece. Check out Sharon's new AFL team personalized balls where you can select your team and add your name. So, well, as we know, Matt Rowell has 52 footballs. This one is going on the mantelpiece. So that, to me, suggests that Matt Rowell has a hierarchy of footballs. That some he likes more than others. Do you think this is like a a treat him, man, keep him keen kind of thing where it's like some, you know, he shows favor to some footballs so the other footballs know to, you know, to work harder to win his favor? What do you think's going on with that?
1: Oh, yeah. I think that um, Matt Rowe would be the sort of guy who like lets all the footballs know where they stand. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, he would be very clear about not only the individual rankings of what they were, but why they deserve those rankings. And he'd be just very clear, very clinical about it. And he'd just be like, you know what? There are some Sharons that deserve to be exalted above others in a leadership group, if you will. And he'd have maybe five <laughs> or six Sharons in his leadership group of the footies.
0: <laughs> and then there would be like a captain, Sharon. <laughs> he would definitely have a leadership group. Now let's um, talk about the real big story. Mm. Uh, it happened the day after we recorded the last two guys, one cup, which is, of course, Alistair Clarkson, um pulling out of the Hawthorne Football Club and a move that everybody saw coming. Um,
1: No, mate. Not everybody saw coming. Everybody was like, it's all going to work out fine. The only two people that didn't see it coming were Caroline Wilson and Sam McClure. Everybody (laughs) else thought that this was going to work perfectly and believed everything that was coming out of Hawthorne. I, I, I know that the popular AFL-adjacent podcast, Two Guys One Cup, had nothing but complete faith in the fact that Sam
0: and Clarko could work out their differences. I mean, is this a bigger disaster than the Collingwood one? I guess it is, because the Collingwood one, I can't even remember now, did Malthouse even get into his first year with Buckley or did he jump before as well? Yeah, he stuck around for a while, I think, and then just got bored, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's just, two things struck me about this is one, it's like, Amazing that Jeff Kennett's ego thought that this could work when it's That's been proven amazing. time and time again. That it, when <laughs> we,
1: like The one thing that we can bank on is Jeff Kennett's <laughs> ego eventually le- leading to... I mean, this is the Steve Brack's election all over again. This yes, is a guy who the, thought the he had so much power that he, there's no way that anything he could do could... Like he had the brown and gold touch. You know, he was the Hawthorne Midas. Jeff Kennett, you know, had term limits on the presidency there and then broke those very term limits that he brought in himself to bring himself back to rescue the club. This is a guy who thinks that he knows better than everybody else. And time and time again over the history of Jeff Kennett, it has eventually led to a massive fuck-up like this.
0: But I also think that's something that's a bit of revisionist history going on here amongst Hawthorne supporters because anecdotally, I feel like this year, halfway through the year, they were getting a bit sick of Clarko. The relationship had run its course. They're a bit bored. You know, maybe they're not cheating yet, but they're definitely looking at, you know, other people out there, other coaches, sexy coaches out there. And now that this has happened. And and Clarko's left. All of a sudden, they're in love. They're in love with Clarko again. You know, it's it's it, there is it's, there is some kind of bullshit going on here because I feel like if they had shown Clarko enough love, he wouldn't have gone. But this, they they drove him to this. Whether or not they like to think that they did, they were putting all the blame on Jeff Kennett. But uh, come on, Hawthorne supporters, I think it's time to own up here. You've been very disappointed with the way the last five or six years has gone. And Clarko felt unloved. And now he's going to go coach another club to triple premierships. And yeah, you let him go. A hot new club. Yes. And he's going to parade it in front of you. He's going to cuck you
1: in the corner. He's going to make Jeff Kennett. Oh, I mean, if you think that Mark Williams made a great speech after winning a premiership, imagine the speech that Alistair Clarkson oh, boy. is going to make about Jeff Kennett if he goes <laughs> to another club and coaches them to a
0: premiership. Well, it won't be like a a choking by the tie. It'll be more like, choke on this dick. (laughs) (laughs) Eat these nuts. (laughs) That's what it'll be.
1: He will just bring out a giant uh, Carlton, probably, uh, banner in which he's put a glory hole he makes Jeff Kennett kneel down behind the glory hole in the banner and he just drops these nuts through the banner.
0: Well, I mean, let's talk about the prospective clubs they could go to. So obviously Collingwood and Carlton are the two uh, big ones. Um, Carlton foolishly beat the Saints in the weekend and made Teague look like a really good coach. I don't know what the players were thinking. Do you not want... Alistair Clarkson, in your club. Why are you playing well for David Teague? They should have just blown that game. They should have just laid down and let the Saints win so that the board would be forced to move Teague on. But they didn't. Mm. So I, I reckon don't know. That I puts don't cool know. I, think, box I think
1: the opposite. I think eligible bachelor has just come on the market. A couple of teams that are in unhappy relationships suddenly are like, oh, hang on, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like cocktail night in the bachelorette house at this stage, <laughs> and then suddenly. Carlton looked real shiny. Collingwood looked real shiny. Yeah, you know they were like pick me, pick me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd forgotten because I'd I'd sort of not thought about Gold Coast straight away, and that would be the big coup. That would be the equivalent of getting like Barassi to Sydney or Lethal to Brisbane, right? Like if if the AFL could make that happen. And look, I love Stewie Dew, and I don't want to see Stewie Dew moved on. But for the sake of football in Queensland and the national game, that would be the best move, right? Or and hear me out on this, long shot. He takes a year off. They establish a Tasmanian team. He gets sent to Tassie. I mean, Tassie would be
1: amazing. Gold Coast would be amazing. For me, for the competition. If you're talking about a bigger picture, is there a chance that Stuart Jew like he could go to, like he could go to the Gold Coast, and Stuart Jew could still be the the communicator, you know? Like could, well, could dress, they dress have dressed like that Stuart could the be mascot. the bloody drinks boy he could still be the mascot he could be the inspirational kid they let sit on the bench <laughs> all the other players love him he could be their the Ruby. water boy you yeah <laughs> you the water boy <laughs> I'll say, Clarkson's got I've got some vision Joey's like is it behind the goals vision he's like no it's a movie called the water boy <laughs> I just need you to sit down see if you get the moral at
0: the end well I think there is some poetic but um, there's something poetic about that because Stewie Dew, you know, the kind of hero of the 2008 Grand Final, the best right. third quarter, you know, uh, a player has ever played in their career. Get Stewie, if Stewie's willing to step aside, because, you know, like it, it does happen that, you know, assistants take a demotion. Brett Ratton, you know, went to another club as an assistant and then got another senior job. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Stewie Dew to go, you know what, I will take a step back i'm happy to work under alistair for you know a couple of years and then maybe he moves moves on or goes for another senior coaching job but but even what what if alistair like was
1: like yeah i'll come to the gold coast but i can give you three or four years like i'm not going to be able to give you 10 years you know i'm not at that stage in my life and stewie's like i'll stay like and they coach i mean i think they could coach together because of their relationship alistair comes in as the Right, And then Stewie gets like three or four years under Alistair again and then gets a second go at coaching them. And the best
0: thing about that is it's a massive fuck you to Jeff Kennett. Right. Alistair to just Clarkson's show how right. well oh, he works with someone
1: yeah. else, right? Yeah, Alistair Clarkson. Look, look at gonna how well this is going to work. Look at give, my little kid you, Stewie. You're going to give me him a, a succession head, plan? Him
0: under his arm. I'll give you a succession plan. You think you've got a succession right. plan that works for me? Alistair Clarkson, because he speaks yeah. in the third person now. <laughs> Old Al. There's a succession plan and it's me and this guy over here yeah not the homeless guy well that is that is (laughs) that is that is is true i know he looks
1: homeless. (laughs) no no
0: it's the guy who won that grand final for yep no that's him the dude in the baby alistair so what do you think gets clarkson to the gold coast because i mean he's going to get a million bucks next year no matter what so i i don't think money is a factor and, and the gold coast don't have any money anyway he'll still need to get paid well but i don't think that's that's a motivator. Also, what?
1: I, I love that you believe in the naive idea that if Alistair Clarkson decided he would go to the Gold Coast, that somehow the Gold Coast would not have the money to pay him. That money would magically appear <laughs> from the AFL and be paying him. There's abs- I okay. mean, it would be the best thing that could possibly happen for the AFL. And even for the rest of the competition, if you're talking about ways to fix the Gold Coast, instead of putting like $30 million of like the profits into that club every year, like you could halve that by just getting paying what Alistair Clarkson and
0: whatever he needs to get paid to go there and fix it. Well, if you believe you know uh, what's detailed in the Boys Club, they would be all over this right now. The, the The AFL would be trying to engineer this as best they could, just like they were trying to engineer you know Buddy to the Giants ten years ago. They would be trying to make this happen. The question is what's in it for Alistair? I mean, apart from parties at Candy Mansion every Saturday night, <laughs> what's in it for Alistair Clark?
1: Alistair, you know, loves his music and maybe he doesn't want to party at the Candy Mansion, but maybe he wants mm-hmm. to be the the regular band at the Candy Mansion. So, Oh my God. <laughs> so, you know, it's just Clarko doing his covers and his originals in the corner while the players party at the Candy Mansion.
0: Do you think there is some level of like, okay, I mean, he's already considered, you know, the greatest coach of his generation, the greatest modern coach, do you think there's part of him which is like, I need a new challenge? No one, not only has no, like, AFL team, but no sporting code has made the Gold Coast work. If I can get up there and make the Gold Coast work, then I am a sport immortal.
1: Yeah. I think that, I mean, that would be the story. If Alistair Clarkson went up there and the way history would rewrite it is that, you know, essentially was the first person who could ever do it, that he would get all the credit. There's no downside because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, like people will blame the Gold Coast and the organisation mm-hmm. and all those sort of things they're already blaming. So if you're Alastair Clarkson, you're not going to diminish your legacy by going up there. You're only going to make the place better and that is only going to be great for your reputation. In a way that, like Carlton have a history – of taking some of the biggest names in coaching and just, like, completely trashing their reputation. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Malthouse's reputation, Pagan's reputation are so much worse because of that. And also the fact that, like, Brendan Bolton is Alistair Clarkson's right-hand man, right? Like, when he got sacked from Carlton, Clarkson was like, come back to Hawthorne, I want you to work with me again. Like, how does he feel about going to a club that, like, treated Except his, his like, right-hand man so
0: badly. Well, considering how many of uh, Clarkson's assistants have become senior coaches, there's he probably can go to any club <laughs> if that was his rationale.
1: But that is also where I think this myth around the idea that Clarkson couldn't work with people is so ridiculous because like, I think that's Clarkson's greatest legacy at the moment. And that's what... Because people would be like, well, Dimmer's record's as good as Clarko's. Why are you saying that Clarko's a better coach than Dimmer? The only reason that I put Clarko above Dimmer at the moment is because I think that, like, the fact that there is your Dimmers and your Luke Beverages and your your, um, your Gills and, like, all these – like, there's so many, you know, Alistair Clarkson coaches out there In the league, you know, people who passed through Hawthorne or had relationships with him at Hawthorne, like his legacy to the broader coaching world is like he can work with other people. He could go up there and work with Stewie too. Like it'd be unusual for Stewie to sort of like, but I could imagine they could form a relationship where Alistair does all the kind of, you know, big picture stuff that he's good at, that he's interested in. And like Dewey does more of the like ground level day
0: to day stuff that he's interested in, and they could definitely have a relationship that works. I don't know that Clarko. Oh, look, I don't know, but he doesn't strike me as a director of coaching kind of dude. Like, I don't think I don't think he's like Paul Ruse at Melbourne. You know, I think that it's Clarko's club. It's uh, this idea that you know he's going to be directing in tandem with Stewie I don't think that would happen. I think Stewie would have to take a like a. Uh, you know, who take, have to take a, what's a, what's the word? Like a, uh, well, the motion.
1: Yeah. But I'm just saying, could you not like pitch it a bit more like Wham? In that, <laughs> you know, Wham are a duo, but we yeah. all know who's making all the Put decisions, the and writing all yeah. the songs, right? <laughs> like, and I think that you can have that sort of arrangement where of course, everybody understands that Clarko is the man in charge, but, that Stewie Jew doesn't suddenly have to be. Like, I mean, they have co-captains. Why couldn't you have
0: co-coaches? And I think that there is something, attra- like they, they they, they, seem to have like a pretty good pool of talent, Gold Coast. Like there's been games this year where you've been like, well, you know, they're actually pretty exciting. They're just for whatever reason, if it's the culture of the Gold Coast or, or whatever it is, they just can't string those games together and they seem to fall away in the second half of seasons every year. And people forget, too, that like when Ron Barassi went to Sydney, it's not like he turned that team around. He just gave them a grounding, and this is what a professional football team looks like. It wasn't until Rodney Ede got there that they actually started making finals and played in a grand final, and then, obviously, Paul Ruse after that. I mean, that's the other thing, is you've got to wonder, would Clarko be willing to be that sacrificial, where he's like, well, I'll go there for three years, Knowing that maybe I won't even see them play final. Well, that's why it's a
1: that's why it's a part of an arrangement. I think that's where the appeal of having the Stewie Jew or whoever it might be is actually the appeal for Clarko, because then you get the Paul, Paul Ruse style credit for what comes after you, right? Like if they went from Clarko and then they just like get a new coach and it's not like a you know handover from him to whatever, he loses part of his hold on whatever that club becomes. But if he was able to do that work of reshaping the club for three to five years and they ended up having like premiership success like in seven years or eight years under someone that he'd worked closely with, that's still
0: Clarko's premiership, right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like for Clarko, he, I think he, every, he's so used to success and even the way he's drafted in the last six years has suggested that you know, he's not interested in rebuilding a team. He's not interested in sort of going back, you know, to the draft. Like he's just trying to maintain that level of competitiveness and success the whole time. So it's almost… Yeah, but that was was like,
1: he he was kind of like patching holes in the boat. Yeah. Like he'd had this great generation of players. What he has proved, if you have like a bunch of really good players, he can turn them into a team that can win premierships. And what I would say about Gold Coast is he's got a lot to work with. You've got a bunch of incredible young talent there that if you look at King, if you look at Lacocious, if you look at like Matt Rowe, you look at, you know, like Noah Noah Anderson, Anderson, these sort of people. Tuke Miller. That's very, oh, Tuke Miller, right? This is, that's similar to that group that he had at Hawthorne when he first started to turn them into a premiership team. So it's not like he would have to suddenly be recruiting all these other players. He actually has what he had at Hawthorne to work with.
0: All right, so the AFL call us. Because they need a footy adjacent podcast. is <laughs> Clarko, because Clarko's crazy like a fox. Yeah. He's not going to listen to a traditional pitch. They want something. And like by a the center. way,
1: here's what I would love too is just the idea that, like, because Clarko had such a terrible relationship with Jeff Kennett, like, he ends up having a really good one with Tony Cochran. Like, <laughs> oh, becomes, like, it's an say, unlikely friendship. Complete, it's like <laughs> the complete opposites. <laughs> and he just parades <laughs> it in front of Jeff all
0: the time. I actually saw a headline um, yesterday, which to me is the most, like, if if you were wondering w- why people hate Hawthorne, or is Hawthorne an elitist club, this headline, a powerful group of Hawthorne supporters has engaged a Queen's Council to review the club's constitution in order to potentially challenge President Jeff Kennett. <laughs> like, is that not the most elitist headline you've ever
1: heard? I mean, it is one of those things with Hawthorne, isn't it, that... Like, they do have a powerful coterie of very identifiable supporters as well. And, like, you can guess who it would be because they're big Melbourne power brokers all of the time. It'd probably be like Ross Stevenson and Steve Quatermain and
0: Lemo. Uh, Anthony, <laughs> I was going to say, Anthony <laughs> Lehman. He was fuming. Limo. His Twitter his Twitter was, was a very entertaining read over the last seven days. Uh, well, on to lighter subjects. Mm. It's time for our favourite segment, um, the Pocket oh, Profile Pocket.
1: Actually, just before we go on to that, oh, I, you got I, something? Just, I did want to um, just make a quick note. Like We were talking about the fact that uh, Chris Main is leaving the AFL. I thought it was also worth um, giving a shout-out to Daniel Venables. Do you know who he is? The West Coast the, Eagles West player? Australian.
0: Yeah, premiership player
1: premiership player very early on in his career played in a premiership had a really terrible head knock and has been fighting the um uh the repercussions of brain bleeds and concussion and all these things basically needed to relearn his motor skills and all these things and so at age 22 he has been told by the panel of assessors the people who say can you play or can't you play that he can no longer play competitive sport like you know it's just too dangerous for him and i i Saw him doing a lot of press today and speaking to his, you know, friends and colleagues and stuff at the West Coast Eagles about the fact that he had to retire and that, like, his dream was over. And I just thought it was worth, um, you know, mentioning him and giving him a bit of a shout-out. Because, like, I you know, we've spoken a lot previously about the, um, the toll that we demand of these professional athletes for our entertainment. And I think that sometimes the ones – Lin Jong as well, of course
0: uh, – um, uh, just going to, to mention right? that. It's such a shame. Uh, you know, he's, he didn't get to that 100 games, played for 10 years, but didn't get to 100 games. You would have loved to have seen Lin Zhong be a bulldog for life because I think, you know, there's something, the, one of the great things about the bulldogs is I, they really do seem authentic in representing that multicultural Western suburbs. And he's like East Timorese and Taiwanese descent. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. And he, um, a yeah. he, 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 great,
1: um, Uh, clubman, like well-loved amongst the group, really nice guy. And at his best, a really excellent footballer. Just had a
0: terrible run of injuries. Uh, So he finishes out on 62 games. Yeah. So to Daniel Venables and Lin Zhong, two guys, one cup salutes you. Uh, But now we'll get well to the pocket profile pocket. Now I was almost going to message you to ask if we've done this player before, because I feel like we have, but this is, uh, I think this might, this is an updated one. Um okay. It's for uh, former kangaroo and current demon, Ben Brown. Does that sound familiar? I mean, we've talked about Ben Brown a lot yeah. on the
1: show I mean, over he, the years. I, I so, feel like
0: we have, but we also haven't. Like, I feel like he, he should be a bigger star and the two guys, one cup of verse because He's an oddball. Like we always joke that he looks like he's a cast member from Godspell, and he's this, you know, giant Tasmanian with big hair. And I say he doesn't look right in the Melbourne colours and all that kind of stuff. But I do have an affection for Ben Brown. I think there's something about me him that's too. Like a lot
1: of the time, the reason the misses goals is he's stepping on rakes. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> 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 but I read ahead of this pocket profile, and some of the answers are. Um, they're really charming, and okay, I want right. to I I tip my hat to Ben Brown and also see if you can get inside that big curly mop that is Ben Brown's head. Okay, um, right. So we'll, we'll start with an easy one. What's his nickname? And don't think too hard on this. Brownie. Brownie, correct. As a kid, what did he want to be? Again, don't think too hard. Um, an AFL footballer. Correct, but he gives a second occupation, and it's similar to probably what a young Will Anderson Wanted to be, or in fact, did? Um, That he wanted to be um, the Lions Youth of the Year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Incorrect. Uh, Do you want to be a comedian?
0: A journalist. He wanted to be a journalist. Ah, right. Automatically interesting. I love a footballer who's got an interest in journalism. Yep, good. Okay. Um, What was the team he followed as a kid? And this is a real surprise. I can't tell you um, what state it's in because it'll be too easy to guess. But it's not a Victorian club. Well, he's Tasmanian, isn't he? Is he Tasmanian? Yeah. And it's probably as far from Tasmania as you can get. Okay. So, the
1: well, it's got to be the West Coast Eagles or the Brisbane Lions. Or... Um, well, it's not the Gold Coast Suns. Frio, um, Frio. He was a
0: Fremantle supporter. Oh, okay. Would you have picked that in a million years? No. Like, who in Tasmania goes for Fremantle? But you know what I like about that is, yeah,
1: like you're going to go for a Western Australian team, but Frio, not yeah, not Perth. Like says something yeah. about Ben Brown, and it by totally the way, does. haven't we missed out on seeing him in the Fremantle colours because? Talk about guys who were born in Tasmania but are born with a Western Australian. <laughs> like, that is yeah. that is a man who just dreamed of being like on Cottesloe Beach or something.
0: Uh, who is the best player he played with? Um, this should be easy to guess. Uh, two North guys, my favourite Ben Cunnington. Uh, ben Cunnington. Who is your most admired opponent? And. This is surprising because these two play in the same position. So I doubt they would have ever lined up on each other. Um, Another two guys, one cup favorite. Plays in the same position as Ben Brown. Um, So Ben Brown's a full forward. Yeah. Um, Think of a two guys, one cup favorite. Well,
1: well, okay. Because immediately I went to Buddy Franklin, but we're thinking about someone who's like,
0: yeah. Someone more specific to two guys, one cup. And he's a full forward. Just go okay. through the full forwards you can think of. And I'm, um, then I'm pretty, just, just not start naming him. And then I'm, as soon as you name him, I'm, uh, you'll go, oh. oh. But it's got to be go somebody from a
1: while ago, right? Like it's got to be somebody no, no. who's been around, for a, yeah, yeah, been around but, for a while. someone like who's still Tom playing. Yeah, been around for a while, Tom Hawkins.
0: Just keep going. Oh, so not Tom, Tom Hawkins. Okay. So Horses. Horses. Sorry. <laughs> when have we ever talked about Tom Hawkins? Like, he's not <laughs> the t guys' World Cup favourite. I mean,
1: like, you're exactly. forgetting. No, sorry. That's a very good point. I, I've completely forgotten the clue that you gave me in the first place. Um oh, I mean, I'm sure that I'm going to, like, regret when I just can't think of who it is. Goddamn,
0: just start going start goddamn... Just start by state. <laughs> <It's okay>. start <laughs> well, by Josh state. Kennedy. Josh Kennedy. Fucking oh. hell. <laughs> but that's weird, right? Most admired opponent. Oh, most admired opponent well, I guess he's just I guess he's just saying someone from an opposition team. Not that they've played directly okay. on each other. Okay. Okay. Um who is the first player you would choose in fantasy football? Uh a current teammate. Uh
1: Clayton Oliver.
0: No. Christian Petrarca? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they probably shop at the same uh, high, uh, Solway's uh, Tall and Mighty order. Oh, <laughs> okay.
1: Um, Tom McDonald.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> you do not know Ben Brown at all. Most popular player at Melbourne. Oh, Max Gorn. Mm-hmm. Max Gorn. Max Gorn. If you could ask someone to be your mentor, who would, this, who would it be? And this okay. is way out of left field. Um, female politician not aligned with either of the major parties, maybe a former politician, it was an independent, triple barrel name.
1: Oh, okay. So, um, I, what, see, because I, what I was going to say was uh, Jackie Lambie, which was going to be a bit of a surprise, <laughs> yeah, but she's good. a Tasmanian. And I no. was like... Um,
0: this uh, politician had her time in the early 2000s. She was a bit of a, like a great white hope as an independent for a while. And then... I don't even know what she's doing now, but um, obviously Ben Brown has a lot of affection for her. Uh, um, oh, I should okay, this. Uh, my <laughs> triple barrel name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't even think of a clue. All right. <laughs> um, her surname rhymes with <laughs> Rot the Boyer. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, she wasn't an independent. She was well, like, she, that's throwing me a little bit. She was a Democrat. She was Wasn't that an
0: independent? They're an, they're an independent party, aren't
1: they? No, they're a political party. The Democrats. Yeah, well,
0: but they're, they're independent of the two major parties is what I mean. Yeah,
1: but that's not what an independent is, Charlie. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> no. You've given me
0: a bum clue.
1: Because I was no, thinking God, of somebody sorry. who was a true independent. But she was like leader of the Democrats.
0: Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I thought the independents were like a, like the like a, like a, I thought the the democrat were <laughs> an independent. Oh, I get you. As an independent, someone <laughs> represents themselves. Like, I, she was member familiar? of a party.
1: Can I just say this? Are you familiar with what the word independent means? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get you now. You're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. His all time, <laughs> <laughs> his, <laughs> his all time favorite player. Um North Melbourne, I would say North Melbourne legend, but North Melbourne cult figure, um, can also be found in a laboratory. Um
1: So North if Melbourne
0: I, If I did if I did this <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I just did a bit of mine for Will.
1: For people at home, Charlie did what I can only imagine was a robot milking three cows. That is, no, Frank the Tank. Do you not remember this? Oh, so you, you are, that was what you were doing, Frank the Tank, yeah. just then. Yeah. Okay, all right. So that's the clue. Yeah. Um, no, don't know. Drew Petrie.
0: <laughs> do you not remember that footage of him? He kicked the winning goal, and he did. And he did. Frank the tank. No. <laughs> I do not
1: remember that, and okay. I do not know Ben Brown at all.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't think you've got one right. Yeah. No. Um, okay. What's his preferred grand final time slot? Day, night, twilight. Twilight. Daytime. <sighs> Fuck, mate. Um, now, this one. Okay. What band would you like to see as a halftime entertainment? Now, if Ben Brown was playing into my stereotype of him being a cast member of Godspell, if he was that kind of barefoot, sort of hippie kind of dude, this band makes sense. Um, they're a bit more of a Spiegel tent kind of act, but they have that kind of like, you know, Bohemian vibe to them. Very big in the early 2000s. Melbourne the band. The Empire. Lots of, The cat empire. All right. (laughs) Well done. Back. (laughs) Uh, His favorite AFLW player is Eden Zenker. If he wasn't a footballer, what would you like to be? This is a total left field answer. Um, um, A designer of a common holiday activity.
1: Um, I feel like this is one of those clues that's going to
0: make a lot of sense in <laughs> retrospect. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to monopolize your time with this uh, <laughs> pocket profile, Will. So he
1: wants to be like a, a board game coordinator? like a, a board
0: game designer. He would like really? to design board games. Okay. Interesting, interesting fellow, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued. <laughs> What's a talent you wish you had? Board Um, game design. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is kind of a fairly, this is a real cosmopolitan um, uh, talent. People who are well-traveled can do this. Speak different languages? Speak another language. All right, this is good. You're starting to kind of zero in on Ben Brown. (laughs) Well, what makes Ben Brown laugh? (laughs) Carl Baron. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Carl Baron, but I wish it was. His kids, his kids make him laugh. He's a beautiful man. His kids make him laugh. Um, describe yourself in one word, and this is an unusually, I think, honest and vulnerable answer for a footballer to give. Describe yourself in one word, and actually, to me, makes a lot of sense. Sounds very sincere and true to me. What does Ben Brown describe himself in as one word? He is, loves his kids. They make him laugh. A father? Kind. Oh, kind. Okay, yeah. Ah, That's an unusual answer for a footballer, isn't it? Describe himself as kind? I
1: mean, it it almost, and again, like you should celebrate people who are kind. It's good that people are kind. Yeah. But there's another part of you as an old school football person to be like, that's his fucking problem, isn't it? Yeah. He's exactly. too bloody kind out there on the field. He's got to get a little bit of mongrel. You know what? Go out there today, Ben, and pretend like your opponent has flipped over your board game.
0: Now, how <laughs> mad do you feel? Um, in continuing the same theme, what did you learn about yourself during COVID lockdown? Um,. This is yep. the kind of answer that if you're in therapy and they ask you to list <laughs> like five good things, you might write one of this down. Um, that I am a good friend, a good listener. I, 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 I learn about myself that I appreciate my loved ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. He's a real gentle soul, isn't he? Big Ben, yeah. gentle Ben. And that's his fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Biggest thing you missed during hub life? His family. His kids. His his cat. <laughs> well, <he's done> <laughs> <laughs> the cat empire. Makes
1: sense. That's a real fucking slap in the face for his
0: children, though. He's no, having to laugh they're... at them, but you know <laughs> what he really misses? My cat. The cat. <laughs> Most enjoyable thing about hub life, and this is a this is kind of, this seems like an almost um it's a confu- almost like a trick. It's the, the, the answer is confusing because the most enjoyable thing about hub life would be the thing that you think you didn't have in hub life. Peace and quiet. No, having his family with him. Oh, his family. <laughs> See? It's confusing, right? <laughs> this is your worst one for the year. Yeah,
1: Easily. no. I, I, I have been much like Ben Brown's reliability in front of goal all over the fucking shop. <laughs> Least enjoyable thing about hub life. Um okay. Is it on theme to what's happened previously?
0: Yeah, it's on theme, but it's also very confusing because the previous answer was having my family, my family with me. And then the least enjoyable thing about Hub Life is Missing his family? Missing not being able to see my parents and my brothers. <laughs> so why did you choose it, Ben? I can now I know why North Melbourne let him go so easily. <laughs> He's too kind. <laughs> he doesn't know he doesn't know what's going on. Okay, who is the biggest pest during Hub Life? Now Ordinarily, this is an answer where a footballer will pot a teammate. Yeah, he gives a literal answer. The biggest pest during hub life is a pest that is quite common to the Northern Rivers and Queensland. No, no, more of a kind of grass-dwelling pest. Can in this, it's a reptile, Um, some sort of snake. Snake, a snake. The snake that was at Twin Waters. Oh, okay. Now, I'm assuming he's talking about an actual animal and not one of his teammates who's been sleeping around. (laughs) Um, Okay, the first place you want to visit after restrictions are lifted? Home, family, somewhere? No. Cold, generally cold. Uh,
1: The snow, Tasmania, go back to Tasmania.
0: No, but but also islands, a couple of islands. New Zealand. New Zealand. What's the favourite sporting event you would like to attend? See, okay. Uh, All
1: right. Now I've got no idea about Ben Brown is what it is. (laughs) I've, I've been way off on most of this fucking shit. So is it, on brand for stuff we've already heard or is this like a new thing that is now being like introduced into this pocket (laughs) program
0: because it feels like it could be right like it feels like his answer could be like the world like lacrosse championships or some shit like that is it something
1: predictable uh, and traditional
0: uh yeah i would say it would be in the top five of what answers are normally given Um,
1: nba final
0: no, no, no. But I uh, in the top five, but not one in the top two. It's not okay. the NBA finals. It's not the World Cup. It's something it's it's probably one of the biggest domestic leagues in the world. Um so uh the Premier League. Yes, EPL soccer. Who is the most famous person outside football you've met? This is a person that you and I know very well. Oh. Someone who's been in our lives for about the same amount of time. Okay and we know that's a real the, clue okay and we know them well
1: and yeah. um,
0: literally introduced us
1: like <laughs> we not, not Charlie Pickering Charlie Pickering no are you serious yes. is that yes. the like that was the first thing I thought of but I just dismissed it because I was like that is ridiculous <laughs> there's no way it'll be Charlie fucking Pickering it's Charlie Pickering
0: Charlie Pickering's the most famous person Ben Brown's met like I mean, no, I I love Charlie, but I mean, there's heaps more famous people than him in the world that I've met. Also, I've met Ben Brown. So fuck you, Ben Brown. (laughs) Once
1: again, I've been relegated under another comedian in a list by a fucking... Like, this is not even one of the regular ones. Charlie Pickering. (laughs) I thought when we were making a list, I knew I was behind Carl Barron and Strawny, but I thought I was in front of fucking Pickering.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're going to hate this because he named another comedian that you're behind. You're not great. <laughs> Three famous people you would like to meet. Oh, fucking great. Carl Barry. No. No. A fourth Australian comedian. Oh, my gosh. Um, a self-help guru and um, a beloved 80s Icon who uh, is battling health conditions.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so that's, let's go with the self-help guru first. Are we talking like yeah. a Deepak Chopra sort of self-help guru or are we um, like down there? Female.
0: The, She's female. Oprah Winfrey. Um, no. No, no. When I mean, it's Paltrow. Um, no, no. She's, uh, uh, has the, uh, she has an alliterative... Literary Is that the word where her name is, you know, like Peter Parker, yeah. Lois Lane. It's one of those kind of names. Jenna Jameson. <laughs> uh. <Sorry. laughs> um, are you familiar with the work of Brené Brown? Uh, no. Okay.
1: But ben, ba- ben Brown's into Brené Brown?
0: Ben Brown's into Brene Brown. I think she has a book called The Power of Vulnerability, which is why I believe he was willing to describe himself as being kind and he's been talking about how much he loves his family.
1: Right. that's very much what she... Yeah, because he's learned it from a woman that he thought
0: was him. He picked up the book probably, (laughs) Thought,
1: he... Do I write a book? Oh, hang on. No, this is by Brene Brown.
0: (laughs) Okay. So the second um, person he would like to meet, uh, beloved 80s icon, movie star from the 80s... Michael J. Who, Fox. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Well done. That was really good. Is it? Was it the health condition? That yes. Is the clue. All right. Now, will <laughs> there is an Australian comedian oh. that is not Carl Barron, that is not Strawny, that is male not or female? Pickering. Well, I feel like that might give it away. Oh
1: well, if it um, would give it away, then it must be female,
0: is what I would say.
1: Because, like, it wouldn't give it away if it was a man. So I'm going to say that it's a female comedian, a female Australian comedian. Kitty Flanagan. No. They have the same hair, so I thought maybe that was the (laughs) connection. (laughs) No. um, um, There's
0: hardly... I can't... I don't know. I can how I can give you a clue without giving it away. Julia um, Morris. You've known her for a while. Again, this is someone else that I've met. Fiona frequently. O'Loughlin. <laughs> no. Celia um, Pacoala. Recently went global. Oh, Hannah Gadsby. Hannah Gadsby. Tasmanian. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the first Tasmanian his name checked though, right? Or, mm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You kept you kept going to the Tasmanian ones, but he's that's yeah. the first time he's actually name checked a Tassie person. Okay, favorite team or sports sports person outside of football? Um, it's a player for the Minnesota Timberwolves. No, no idea. Who sounds like a, a Rick Rubio? Um, best sporting event you've ever seen? Uh, hang on. Best sporting event you've ever? Okay, okay. So um, I'll make it easy for you. So. Uh, best a uh, sporting uh organization what's what is favorite sport um and it's not premier league so- oh NBA. it's not premier
1: league nba
0: um the last tv show he binged on okay good good area Consid- so um, considering his love of board games mhm
1: uh so it was a tv uh the queen's gambit
0: the queen's gambit Now, this kind of makes me want to spew because it's so goddamn sweet. If you won ten million, what would you buy first?
1: Um, I wouldn't buy anything. I'd give it all to charity.
0: A present for my wife.
1: and then I'd spend the rest (laughs) on coke and hookers (laughs) (laughs) with with Brené Brown.
0: Okay, this is. I've been thinking about how to give you a clue for this, and this is probably going to be the worst clue ever. Right. <laughs> Good. Right. Okay. Okay. So, um, something people would be surprised to learn about you. So, um, okay. Are you familiar with the Mark Wahlberg movie, Three Brothers? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. doesn't matter because there is a Mark Wahlberg film with <laughs> Three Brothers. Okay. If you were to sequelize it in the same way that they sequelized the Ocean's Eleven films, that he has third... four,
1: that he has four brothers. He <laughs> didn't
0: let me finish the quote.
1: Oh no! Sorry, I thought that was the answer. I thought the answer was that he had four brothers. <laughs>
0: you didn't let me. I was going to say, if you were to sequelize it, what would the third film in the franchise? Oh
1: right, it? okay. He has three brothers. <laughs> he has seven brothers.
0: He has five brothers. <laughs> because <laughs> Adam three brothers. Has just had a a
1: stroke <laughs> in the the <scenes>
0: this. <laughs> well, at least the clue worked. I was really—I had like a couple of hours to think about that one, so I'm just wrapped that it worked. Um What was his first car? Um It's a Ford. It was a Ford hatchback. I think they still make them. Ford. F- oh. no, no. Also, Ruckman for St Kilda in the late nineties. Um the Ford Spider. <laughs> <laughs> the Ford Vidovic the Ford Vitovic.
1: <laughs> Laser? No.
0: Ford Laser. Yes. Uh what's his usual coffee order? Hint it's not coffee.
1: Okay. Um Good for dig- good
0: for digestion.
1: Oh uh, uh
0: peppermint tea. Peppermint tea dream place you would like to live you've been you've been you've been having swings at this all all profiles finally Tasmania finally fucking yay the crowd stands up and cheers life after football Brené Brown taught him this um an adventure um To to live a happy life with my family wow 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 you got pummeled by Ben Brown. That's um, you know what? It was a hard one. But th- this is the thing: when they are more your more typical footballer football, it's easy for you to guess. Because yeah. there's another one that I was looking you're getting at, a rhythm Daniel. Yeah, where you're but, just like, yeah, but, yeah, I
1: get this. I, I I understand the play here, and then you just yeah. like come up against the Ben Brown, and it, I'm just, just like, this is not what I'm
0: used to. My
1: defensive so patterns aren't working here, you know.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. They just thrown. They've just moved the magnets mm-hmm. around. They're playing like attack and defense and all that kind of yeah. stuff. You're right because it, it, when it's a typical footballer, you get a sense of oh, this is a larrikin, yeah. this is a straight ahead dude, this is a boring dude, and yep. you can then pick oh, it's going to be LeBron, yeah. it's going to be this, it's going to be that. Ben Brown's fucking reading Brene Brown and studying journalism and dancing barefoot to the Cat Empire. How the fuck were you ever meant <laughs> to get any of those right? <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, let's wind things up. Uh, by going to the mailbag. Um, If you want to send us a message, you can. You can go to 2Guys1Cup AFL on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, We're open for messages 24-7. And you can also follow us for the latest 2Guys1Cup updates. Every Thursday afternoon, Will and I give our uh, our, our tips via Instagram Live. We'll be doing it again uh, tomorrow. We just put our little message in the morning telling you when, but generally it's about 5 p.m. Uh, in the afternoon and you can also go to tofop.com to check out some of our other great podcasts Will does one called Willosophy and there's an absolute ripper my favorite episode of the year Will so far with Mark Humphreys. tell us all about it
1: yeah so firstly Mark is just an excellent guest for the podcast super so smart good. guy really funny but he's also just a delightful square in the most wonderful way and Like, we just couldn't have two more different ways that the two of us have um, lived our lives. But it was really lovely to have the conversation. I was absolutely delighted by him. He was such a good guest. It's
0: it's like listening to The Breakfast Club if the only two guys in detention were Bender and Anthony Michael Hall. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The burnout and the nerd.
1: (laughs) It really does have that feel to it. Like, there was a few times when I'm talking to him where I'm just like, I could have made of the choices, look at <laughs> look at how
0: happy he seems. <laughs> There's a new episode of Toe Fop Out where we delve into the career of Fred Durst. I don't sure if you've seen what's happened to Fred Durst lately, but uh, it's weird. It's real weird. It's real weird. And Will has a new episode of Fofop Fop Out. Um, who's on the Fofop this week? Uh, with Cam and, Cam and, and Alexi, Alexi. Yeah.
1: from uh, Total Reboot and uh, Finding Drago and Finding Desperado. And yeah, really, f- it's actually a, it's one of the, Basically, I introduce the episode by trying to say total uh, reboot and I say total rude bot. And then that becomes <laughs> <laughs> that becomes the theme of pretty much the entire episode. So it comes out of the blocks very fast and um, is lots of laughs.
0: Find all those podcasts at tofop.com And if you want to support this show and all our shows, you can do that at patreon.com slash Well Will, um, we had a discussion last week about mouth guards and concussion Mm. And I put the call out asking people, what are the reasons why they don't wear mouth guards? Um, Josh wrote in to say, I was listening to last week's pod and I don't wear a mouth guard because I feel claustrophobic with it in and I feel like I'm choking on it at times. And uh, that's a dentist fitted one as well. I try and I'll, I'll take it out with me every game, but mostly I'll just keep it in my hand and try and put it in when I go near the ball. Otherwise it stays in my sock. Nick says, mouth guards actually help prevent concussion. That's why it's a good idea to wear one when you play football, which I didn't think of, but it makes sense. It's kind of like having a shock absorber in your mouth. Um, Sam says, I play footy without a mouth guard because I have a really sensitive gag reflex. And that's not what your teammates tell us, Sam. (laughs) And lastly, Declan says, listening to the newest episode, I don't wear a mouth guard because it affects my ability to sledge the opposition. (laughs) And yet,
1: I would think that's the exact reason why you also need a mouth guard in case one of them punches you in the head after your
0: (laughs) sludge. I love this uh, message I got from Evan. Hey guys, greetings from Germany. Love the show. Just wanted to contribute a fantastic AFL nickname that I came across a number of years ago. While enjoying a beer in Pran one afternoon, a short stocky fella walked in. I noted that he must have been a local as everyone greeted him by his nickname once he'd sat down and ordered his beer. His nickname was Two-Stroke, and it turns out he was the younger brother of dual Brownlow medal winner Greg Diesel Williams. Keep up the good work. (laughs) Two-Stroke. Good stuff. Um, All right, let's get to the messages on Twitter. Uh, So, hang on. Okay, Dom asks, was the Lions lost to Hawthorne a direct result of us leaving them out of the top predictions last week? Yes, we, when we are talking about the top eight, we forgot to mention that Brisbane were actually entrenched in the top four. <laughs> well,
1: and I, to the point where I actually looked at the possibility that, and they can't because they're just too far ahead, but there was part of me that, and I wish no ill will on Brisbane, I actually like Brisbane a lot as a team, but... There was just part of me, because we'd left them out, I was like, imagine if we left them out and then they did fall out of the eight and they did not make the finals and we could be like, <laughs> fucking
0: picked it. We knew it. We, we knew wrote it. them off. Completely forgot <laughs> think, about it. I think their loss was more to do with Clarko being a genius, as we've discussed numerous times in this podcast. Um, Electric B Con says, as two traditional, traditionally middle club supporting people, can you explain to a Collingwood supporter how to enjoy wins that come at the expense of a better draft physician? No, I can't. You guys should just be bottom. Oh no, you don't want to bottom out though, because then your number one draft pick goes to GWS. That's how you enjoy it. You wanna you don't wanna lose games. You wanna keep winning because you don't want GWS to get your number one pick. Yeah, it's um
1: actually for Collingwood this year because like you're gonna get Dacos who's gonna either go at number one or in the top couple anyway. You don't want to end up like having to pay overs for him. So I think it's absolutely fine. But the other thing is like you look at the drafts and number two number three number four number five they're all good players or they're randomly good players like mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that the number one pick is going to be the number one player in the game like if you get a pick in the top five or top six you've got a
0: pretty good chance of finding yourself a really decent footballer um, what's the perfect job uh, Keegan wants to know what's the perfect job for Alistair Clarkson non-football jobs only <sighs> guitarist in a covers band <laughs> Or Braithwaite covers band. <laughs> Running
1: Australia's COVID, like, vaccine rollout. I think, you know, like, when they sometimes they bring the military in, they'll get, like, the governor general or whatever, they get some old army commander or whatever, and they're like, we're going to put him in charge because he knows how to, like, you know, put together a
0: plan get and get shit
1: done. Elsted Clarkson knows how to do that. Like, you just get him to run Australia's vaccination campaign.
0: Luke wants to know if no more games are played this. season... You get season, Sam
1: Mitchell to do the like the sign where he like mines <laughs> like an injection <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. so people know what it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if no more games are played this season, Errol Golden should win the Rising s- Star. Discuss that's from Luke. Um, sure, I haven't really been taking note of any of the. Rising star winners but sure give it to him he sounds good um, good player I guess didn't, he is a really good player bunch of games. didn't he miss a bunch of games in the middle of the year though he got dropped it or something, seems great, like
1: you? that's been the year for the rising star in general there's been a real year of some players having like three or four really good games in a row and then kind of going missing for a while which is like probably not that unusual for young players but um, I mean if they stop the season now and the Bulldogs are on top of the ladder that would be this is the middle team Scenario that uh, that correspondent was talking Come about.
0: Before, support yeah.
1: Because the Bulldogs have never finished first on the ladder. And there's a part of me that doesn't really want them to finish first this year as well. Like, there's part of me that's just like, let's just keep a lid on it. <laughs> let's not finish first on <laughs> it's the a ladder. Danger game. Let's keep distracting and, you know, important to other teams and just see if we can sneak on through. But There's another part of me that's like, imagine supporting a club, this club being around for all that time and playing for all those years and they've never once in their history finished on top of the ladder. It's actually quite staggering.
0: Uh, Scott wants to know, did St Kilda make a mistake by not taking Carl Eamon for a third round draft pick that Port offered the Saints three years ago? I'm just going to check Scott's profile. Is he a power supporter? Oh yeah, he's a power supporter. He's just (laughs) trying to rub it in. No. I'll say no. Uh, Gurge fan band, man, did you? You must have created that handle like in the mid two thousands, right? You're regretting it now.
1: Just recently got into regurgitation. That's the weird thing.
0: <laughs> well, what are the cats up to with all those headbands? Reese Stan- Stanley, Cam Guthrie, Tom Stewart, uh, Mark Buttsard, Jack Henry, Zach Tui, Brian Myers, Lucky Anderson—they've all worn them. I don't know. Is this sale on at um, the uh, Billabong store down uh, Ocean Shores? They. Do have a, like Grove. they
1: wear so many headbands? Like Reese Stanley does not need a headband. No, like he is wearing one for fashion only because his hair does not demand the headband.
0: Matt wants to know: Will they change the name of the Norm Smith to the Alistair Clarkson in honor of the most successful coach sacked for no reason? Um, they will name ah uh, an award af- after Alistair Clarkson at some point. Probably the 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 Gold Coast Suns best player will be awarded the Alistair Clarkson. <laughs> that will be in about five years' time. I reckon. Um, Sean wants to know: Is it a coincidence that Richmond were only successful during the Trump presidency? Yes. Art Deco <laughs> wants to know: Should there be a two-week buy before the final to allow fans and players and supporting staff time to quarantine? Um, I guess that's a good idea, but it's well, not going to happen.
1: I mean, you probably don't need a two week buy. You can probably quarantine After for whatever. Week. Like, yeah, you can you can have the week off, and that still gives you the fourteen days or close enough to the fourteen days. So, I think they'd be able to make it work with the one week off. That's
0: why they're trying to hang on to it. Clearly, um, Julie wants to know: Can you recognise Jake Lloyd in a lineup yet? Um, you can because he absolutely <laughs> yeah. dominated the Bulldogs. He was the guy played. who had the I... ball
1: thirty fucking times when we played against <coughs> the Swans.
0: Who, by the way.
1: Have got to be almost premiership favourites. Like they <laughs> shut um, up. <laughs> no, mate, but seriously, they we look amazing this
0: one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think the dogs are premiership favourites. Don't try and deny it. I still don't know what Jake Lloyd looks like. Does he have a mustache? I'm not, I'm not 100% yeah, he certain. He does. He does? Yeah. Okay. Jason, um, it's more than a. Uh, oh, no, no. It's Jason's replying to someone else. Uh, okay. Final question is from JMO. When Jeff Kennett was reappointed as Hawthorne's president in 2017, the media asked him what his plans were and his response was, you won't hear from me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good note to end on. Play on. Not 15.
1: Bo. We
0: are Two Guys, One Car.